Hello, World Walkers. Yes, I'm talking to you. Welcome to World Talkers, an Evermore fan podcast. Lend us your ear, learn something new, and develop a mutual obsession. Goblins, dragons, charismatic executioners, and more await as we unravel the secrets that lay beyond the portal of Evermore. <laughs> lightning crash, lightning crash. I am Cragmore, the evil wizard that has been haunting and plaguing these lands. I will fight, and I will kill, and I will cast fireball on all of your friends. No, I am the intrepid hero, and I will raise up against you an army of honorable heroes that shall vanquish thee, our evil wizard. <laughs> we shall see, puny hero. Twenty chapters later... Oh no! You have defeated me, puny hero! I am defeated. Cragmore is no more. Welcome to fantasy. Hi, hi Dan. Uh, what's, what's going on here? Uh, welcome to it, fantasy. It's good to, uh, to be here in fantasy. Yes, welcome to fantasy. I'm fantasy. Uh, well, I'm fantasy. You're fantasy. I'm fantasy. You are, you are, yes, you, you are, you are my fantasy. I am your fantasy. We are, we are fantasy. Uh, Listener, you are fantasy. You are fantasy. Welcome to fantasy. I am Daniel. Of the world talkers, uh, today we're talking about fantasy and evermore. Oh, I can't can't even come up with anything better to be than what what Cragmar the puny hero. Yes, that was fantastic. Cragmar the wizard. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Yes, of course. Uh, I am Chandler, and I quite enjoy fantasy myself. I am Skyler, and apparently you shouldn't take uh, LSD before recording. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not on anything. Me- Maybe some uppers. I'm kidding. I'm not on anything. I'm not on anything at all. Um, but with 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 this silly uh, opening in mind, with the silly uh, discussion on us being fantasy. What what is fantasy? And like when 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 that word comes to mind, what 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 do we want our listeners to be thinking about as we're setting the stage for this conversation today? Like starting with just personal experience with the thing. What is it to you? I mean. For me personally, as I was growing up, I started really loving to read fantasy. Right. And to me, that is my strongest connection, especially as, you know, we talk about Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, kind of those fantasy YA books. I mean, that's kind of where I got my start is right there yeah. in that sweet spot. Can I can I ask you what, yeah, please. What, what about that kept you coming back? I think a little bit it was... That's a that's a wonderful question, yes, Dan. Of course, let me of let me get into that. Um, there obviously is a lot of fun nature to adventures to fantasy. You get to meet a lot of different characters that you may uh, respond to or kind of see yourself in them. I think I think a lot of it just is the the imagination that comes with it. Though I learned to imagine a better world, a, a better circumstance sometimes and sometimes maybe my circumstance weren't weren't horrible but i could imagine different things going on in my life and how i might solve the world problems that i saw Mm -hmm. around me my experience with fantasy has been somewhat similar uh i i think obviously you know lord of the rings comes to mind uh also my favorite book series that i always plug uh the stormlight archive by brandon sanderson read it you won't regret it as well as high epic fantasy such as the Wheel of Time series. Um, I think of the Legend of Zelda video games and how those are fantasy. For me personally, fantasy is an escape. Uh, as we've talked before, I am, I'm very allergic. And so a fantasy is, is usually something that a fantasy setting is like Lord of the Rings, a television movie or book. 
where I can project myself into the outside world on these adventures that I definitely couldn't take in my normal life, even if it's just something as simple as like going on a hike without, you know, sneezing the whole time. That would be great. Uh, so that's kind of my experience with fantasy, I guess, is is how I can use it to uh, experience more of the world around me and definitely things that are not of this world. For sure. Um, and then I guess in terms of what my my own experience with fantasy is, you know, it's, it's been something that I have engaged with since I was a tiny taunt. You know, I've always I've always enjoyed stories being told. I've always enjoyed watching the fantastic movies on on, on the big screen, seeing the orcs being slain, seeing heroes succeed and evil being vanquished. Um, I've loved playing the video games that put me in the place of the hero. Um, and, and you know, just in, in general, fantasy keeps me coming back to it because simp- sim- I would say it's, it's just as, as simple a reason that I enjoy it. I, I think it's fun and I enjoy it. I don't want to keep coming back to it. But uh, you, you guys both referenced Lord of the Rings in mm-hmm. terms of uh, in terms of fantasy. Uh, Chandler, you you brought up a, a bit of Harry Potter, and then it it's it's interesting. Um, some something that I, I I was watching a TED talk today, and sadly I, I I did not write down the woman's name that gave this fantastic TED talk. It was it was about why why a fantasy is important, and she and she essentially stated that fantasy is more than lightning bolt scars. And I, and I would add, it's more than evil rings. It's more than it, it's more than just a descriptor. It's more than just colorful text. Um, Joseph Campbell, um, if you're aware of that name, he is he is somebody who sort of famously put words to and crafted the 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 notion of the hero's cycle, the hero's adventure, the hero's journey. And something that he stated was, all cultures have grown out of myth. And when we when we say myth and like and, and attach it to culture, some people may feel as though that that is offensive in a way. That's not what we want to be. That that's not the way that we want to portray that at all. When we refer to myth, that is not to say that we think people were wrongly thinking or uh, misattributing measurable, distinct phenomena in the world and interpreting it as something false. Rather, we use myth as a term of deep respect, a word that implies a pure intent underlying its creation, a pure formation birthed from human fantasy. Here in America, for example, a piece of our culture that is deeply uh, mythological is the idea of the American dream. That, that very concept in its nature is a myth. This concept that a penniless hero can arrive to a place of endless bounty and using only, only themselves, their guts, their drive, their desire, can attain and achieve something beyond themselves and create create a kingdom for their future families right um that is that is that is fantasy the american dream is fantasy and that does not mean that it is unreal but that it has it has the it has this interesting basis in the most real things about ourselves i think you're using the word myth correctly yeah um and in that myth has two definitions yes. there uh just on the dictionary just to search one is obviously the widely held but false belief or idea and the one that you are using is simply that of a traditional story yeah so in that fact it is a traditional story it is one that is well known and mm-hmm. uh, one would hope to achieve 
uh, mm-hmm. therefore looked at with kind of a great revere yeah. or, or honor there. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it is. It, it is a, it is a, yeah, I, I, I would say a, a reverenced story. Absolutely. And then as well, something I would add is it, it, it asks us, it begs us to ask two fundamental questions. What if and what is? It creates a space for us to challenge our perceptions of what what can change, what if, what 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 would happen if, what if there, what what if everybody got along in the world, what would that what 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 would that look like, what if we were able to three D print organs, what if we were able to do a lot of these things. That is a question taught to us purely in fantasy. It is it is a question that is. That, that uh, underlies the entire notion of what fantasy wants us to do. Ask that what if. And then on, on that other side of what is, what is right now? What, what are my perceptions? Why, why do I think that it is fantastic that a, a boy can go to school for, for wizards and be taught something amazing? Why can't, why can't that be the case for our schools now? Why can't I go to school with that same passion and feel as though I am picking up on the secret trades of successful humanity, not just wizardry. You know, these these interesting things. Fantasy makes us ask these bigger questions, whether we realize it or not. It is teaching us that sort of a skill. So fantasy is just kind of a an awesome space for us to have possibility exist purely. That is that is my quick little rambling. Any thoughts? I, I think that's a very good point to bring up. I I certainly agree with it. Fantasy is more than just a genre. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a, it's it's kind of is that like state of mind, as you were mentioning, the, yeah. the imagination, the ability yeah. to, to believe or become or learn from something that is beyond you. And, and in a way you, is beyond you, but also a part of you. Uh, it's it's very interesting how that happens and all the different instances in which we see that in in our media and in our cultures. Uh, the American dream is definitely one that I had never really considered to be something in the genre of of, of like of, yeah fantasy. fantasy and that that, that but, was something that just dawned on me today as well yeah but I but I definitely think it fits because I'm like yeah I do I do just. Uh, I do believe that if I can set my mind to it and work hard enough that I could become more than what I am presently and, and whether that, you know, actually happens is up to my motivation, but <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and it's interesting as well when, when you bring up the, the concept of you being able to achieve the, this thing, I would, I would even say that it is through fantasy that our dreams are attained in and of themselves that the, the the fantasy allows for imagination to be the thing that drives our questions and gives us the ability to act. It is a thing that it opens up our ability to access what people would call free will, free agency, whatever it is. Imagination drives action. Kind of an interesting thought. Think about it. And then to, to give away imagination is to re- relinquish action. It's it's just, it's some some interesting thoughts that I've been thinking about. This episode might be a little more philosophical than I had intended, um, <laughs> because I just really love fantasy and I love talking about it. Um, but that, that those are just some opening thoughts uh, there about fantasy. Chandler, you 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 have you have been looking um, inquisitive and thoughtful 
Um, yes. but these past few minutes is I have been vamping. <laughs> yes. Um, it's very interesting. I myself am a word person. I quite enjoy uh, breaking down words and yeah. actually fantasy uh, the noun and kind of the, about the etymology of fantasy. It actually comes from the orange soda, Fanta. That is actually correct. Yes. And, and fr- from, from, from the sea from which it was birthed. Yes. Correct. A, a, a magical land wherein everybody would be able to feel the crush of the gush of orange crush, so, Fanta, whatever. It, so those are different sodas. It is a Fanta sea. It is a Fanta sea. Yes. Nice. Very that, nice. That, that, that is, that is the yeah. breakdown. That, yeah. that, that, that is right. I see, I see Chandler. He is vigorously nodding. Um, he agrees. <laughs> he is not disappointed in me. Um, at all. An alternative meaning or or etymology breakdown of that Mm -hmm. could also look like, um, that it actually comes from the Greek, uh, the fantasy or fantasia, or it it means to picture oneself, to imagine, uh, and to kind of put, to imagine and to have visions of. And I, I quite enjoy that just because as we are saying, Fantasy is more than a genre. It is the power in which we have to imagine a story, imagine ourselves as something more. It is all-encompassing. It is it is that power. And as we learn in Evermore, with clear power and with intent and with that imagination, we can actually start to change the world around us and actually act with that. Yeah. So I really quite enjoy this topic, uh, Dan. Thank you. Let, let's yeah, con- of course. Continue. Let's uh, let's hear what else you yeah. have to say. I, I I would just say let's make this decade the the year of hashtag fantasies a verb. Let's fantasy. Let's fantasy. Uh, let's fantasy, guys. <laughs> um, uh, and let's see. So I guess so. Moving moving forwards through this conversation, um, in terms of you listening to the more of the words coming out of my mouth, listener, you're going to hear a whole lot more of them. Um, because I've I've picked out some excerpts from um, one of my favorite essays ever written um, by J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, and it's called On Fairy Stories. In it, I'll just kind of give a brief breakdown of what he's doing here, and then we'll get into the excerpts. Um, it was It was written as a sort of discussion on the origins of fairy story what is a fairy what what is a fairy story or a fairy tale why why it's important what even is fantasy why is fantasy a part of that the the timeless quality of the fairy story and then eventually why in the world have we been creating these things since as far back as we can even imagine tolkien himself uh was a catholic and he and he brought his um sort of uh, worldview and religious view into the realm of fantasy, and some some words that you're going to hear in this will sort of hint to that. He is going to reference uh, a term that he uses frequently in the essay called subcreation, and that is essentially the idea uh, from Tolkien's worldview that we we came from a perfect creator who would be God in his uh, imagination, or rather, I don't want to say in his imagination or in his worldview, I should say, in his perceptions that that is uh, God, a perfect creator, and then that we as humans, our natural drive is to mimic that creator, to strive to be like it, and so we sub-create. We create within that perfect creator's creation. So as 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 we discuss some of that, that's kind of just a, a thing to um, be aware of that is in the essay. If you're curious about the essay, you can just Google it and find free PDFs of it. 
it's out there to be read. I think it's a fantastic read. It's, I want to say it's about 16-ish pages. Some of it feels pretty thick from time to time. But he also talks about other fantastic media through which um, you can consume story like theater. And he, and he has some very interesting thoughts on, on those subjects. And just to kind of a side note, before we get into this little bit larger portion, this is going to be followed up with how Evermore is yes. fantasy yes. and and really why the world needs fantasy Evermore and other businesses like right. it. Yeah. Um. So do be, be it kind yes. of keep that in mind as you listen to Dan Reed and go through this that Evermore is fantasy. Evermore is important and the world and you need more of all of it. And, and, yes, and, and I would just say I'm, I'm about to get into it, but I would also say in terms of what we're going to get into, um, I think these are these are quotes that will help us explain why, at least in at least in my opinion, our opinion, that Evermore is doing something that has literally never been done, at least on this scale to our knowledge, um, with fantasy it's letting us access a branch a piece of fantasy that was always there but could never be quite attained reached right all right so let's let's get into the quote um or the excerpts from on fairy tale by J.R.R. tolkien the human mind is capable of forming mental images of things not actually present the faculty of conceiving the images is or was naturally called imagination but in recent times in technical, not normal language, imagination has often been held to be something higher than the mere image-making, ascribed to the operations of fancy, a reduced and depreciatory form of the older word, fantasy. An attempt is thus made to restrict, I would say misapply, imagination to the power of giving to ideal creations the inner consistency of reality. Ridiculous though it may be for one so ill-instructed to have an opinion on this critical matter, I venture to think the verbal distinction philologically inappropriate, and the analysis inaccurate. The mental power of image-making is one thing, or aspect, and it should appropriately be called imagination. The perception of the image, the grasp of its implications, and the control which are necessary to a successful expression may vary in vividness and strength. But this is a difference of degree in imagination, not a difference in kind. The achievement of the expression, which gives or seems to give the inner consistency of reality, is indeed another thing, or aspect needing another name. Art, the operative link between imagination and the final result, subcreation. For my present purpose, I require a word which shall embrace both the subcreative art in itself and a quality of strangeness and wonder in the expression derived from the image, a quality essential to fairy story. I propose, therefore, to arrogate myself the powers of Humpty Dumpty, and to use fantasy for this purpose, in a sense, that is, which combines with its older and higher use as an equivalent of imagination, the derived notions of unreality, that is, of unlikeness to the primary world, of freedom from the domination of observed fact, in short, of the fantastic. I am thus not only aware, but glad of the etymological and semantic connections of fantasy with fantastic, with images of things that are not only not actually present, but which are indeed not to be found in our primary world at all, or are generally believed not to be found there. 
But while admitting that, I do not assent to the depreciative tone. That the images are of those things not in the primary world, if that indeed is possible, is a virtue, not a vice. Fantasy, in this sense, is, I think, not a lower, but a higher form of art. Indeed, the most nearly pure form. And so, when achieved, the most potent. And that is the end of the first excerpt from um, on, on Fairy Stories. Before we move on, is there any... There, there is a lot there there's, to unpack. There's a lot there. Can, can we just kind of get a simplified version as... Uh-huh. I yeah. myself, especially in kind of the flowery language yes. of the time, there's 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 a lot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 hard it's hard to pick up if you're not reading it. I'll, I'll I will be I will be honest. Like it takes it takes time to read through and digest and pick apart what yeah. he's saying. So kind of give us a little bit of yeah. a kind of easier yeah, digest. So, so what, in, what so in terms of what he's saying, the the, the functions of fantasy or what fun, uh, fantasy is going to be is uh, he is using it as a synonym for the highest sort of mode of imagination and also the highest mode of art. Um, the purest art, the highest imagination, it is a separation from observed fact and giving virtue to those things that are present in our mind and in reality, but just not expressed visually, that we can't see those things, but that that bears truth that is out there. So fantasy is is this... It's such an interesting thing. Fantasy is this thing that is both within and without ourselves, which we use to engage with our, the very fact that we are humans. We are using this to produce the highest form of thing that a human can do. So human is, in this way, like the highest endeavor of creation. And that that I love that. Honestly, oftentimes we kind of hear very frequently in... Uh, especially in U.S. Uh, society, that we need to grow up. We need to kind of put away childish things such as fantasy novels and fantasy games and things. And and what actually he is saying here is it is actually the most pure form of art and the highest that one can get. It is it is not low. It is indeed high, uh, high art, high intelligence, um, and so on. I really like that as it is kind of a within keeping in mind how what we said of imagining yourself as something and creating that fantasy allows one to do that and i really enjoy that thought yeah and then expanding it into the things that are real that are out there that fantasy what it is doing it is reaching into the innermost parts of reality and allowing us to tap into those by telling these stories by by playing the video games, by reading the books, by watching the movies and seeing these intrinsic human truths that that through through another medium couldn't be expressed as clearly because fantasy is to Tolkien the highest form of art and the best way to express those things. So it's a very a very interesting thing. I I also really like the idea as as I as I was reading through this with you as you were reading it Dan, I thought to myself this is what a goal or an aspiration is a goal is fantasy absolutely yeah it it, it is as we were saying before as you were saying before a dream is fantasy your dream to do something to be more is only present in the world because you first had to draw upon fantasy in your mind to then manifest it it's it is such a weird 
weird outward thing and inward thing all simultaneously. This episode is very deep and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. It's taking my brain all different places. I love it. And 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 hopefully it's taking you, our listener, to a lot of uh, really fantastic places as well. I, I I will say this since we since we can't go through every single line of uh, uh of this essay, if I can recommend another podcast, it's called the Prancing Pony Podcast. Um, it is one that goes through like work by work of Tolkien. They they have an entire episode where they discuss um the essay. Um, on fairy stories and another one of his works, Mythopoeia. Fantastic uh, podcast, fantastic guys that, that that are behind it. Highly recommend it. If you want to get e- into even more uh, detailed analysis where the, the, they'll occasionally just like read a sentence and then talk for like 20 minutes. It's really awesome. But we'll move on to the next excerpt from J.R.R. Tolkien's On Fairy Stories. To some, it has seemed at least a childish folly, a thing only for peoples or for persons in their youth. As for its legitimacy, I will say no more than to quote a brief passage from a letter I once wrote to a man who described myth and fairy story as lies. Though to do him justice, he was kind enough and confused enough to call fairy story making breathing a lie through silver. Dear sir, I said, although now long estranged, man is not wholly lost nor wholly changed. Disgraced he may be, yet is not dethroned and keeps the rags of lordship once he owned, man, sub-creator, the refracted light, through whom is splintered from a single white to many hues and endlessly combined in living shapes that move from mind to mind. Though all the crannies of the world we filled with elves and goblins, though we dared to build gods in their houses out of dark and light and sowed the seed of dragons, t'was our right, used or misused, that right has not decayed. We make still by the law, in which we are made. Thoughts? I'm sorry. This this is also just kind of really hitting me how deep uh, just the and, thoughts and, and, on and, fantasy. And, and it's the entire essay. I highly <laughs> recommend it. There's so, there's so much to be yeah. said about fantasy and like this is just like scratching this surface. But yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Just kind of, I mean, he says essentially what I just kind of brought up, which was yes. we hear so often this is life. Life is just to work and to put away childish things now that you're older. If I am understanding this kind of uh, wonderful little uh, poem or whatever it may be, what he's essentially saying, if I'm correct, is that um, especially at the very end is like, hey, just so you are aware, this, this kind of creation, this imagination, this fantasy, it, it is, instead taking a piece of what in his belief was was god the, mm-hmm. a creator this a, perfect the, white this this, perfect this, this, white, this untouched perfect thing yeah uh, kind of gave him and humanity to do something with and to kind of take that just the splintered uh, form and to fill the world with whatever myths and creations and uh, things that we can and it is indeed using that gift from whatever it may be to kind of be human is kind yes. of what i'm understanding yes yeah uh that the that the, the very nature of human is to create and so to human is hashtag to fantasy right uh so like that is so like that is the yeah that that, that is the idea behind this little poem that he he used to respond to a man who 
looked at looked at fantasy as something lesser, as a lie, even a a deception, something that is an untruth. I really liked the 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 visual component to that poem there, specifically how it you know it's it's mentioning it's this refla- refraction of light that travels from mind to mind. Mm. So in that way, fantasy. Oh man. Uh, so in that way, fantasy is something that you emit from yourself. And then someone else sees it and takes it and then it becomes a part of them while simultaneously also being a part of you and they refract it and absorb it into a new light, a new mode of creation. And it's just kind of like a a reverberating echo chamber that just keeps bouncing around yeah. all of humanity as we continue to build and create together. And Ab- yes, as we continue yes. to fantasy. Yes. Whole, oh, yes. Sorry, I'm, yes. I'm rereading this. This is actually beautiful language. It really is. Um, it disgraced he may be. So as we know from kind of the, from his background, believing that man fell from the yes. grace of God. Yep. Um, yet he is not dethroned and keeps the rags of lordship once he owned it. I mean, literally, if you were not to fantasy, if you were not to, if you were to put away fantasy and imagination, yep. you would actually be putting away the last bit of deity in you. Yeah. The the last bit of the rags of that lordship mm-hmm. that once he, you know, believed that humanity has still. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do, I do like that. And and I I would even take it one step further. I just th- I don't think you can ever you can you can never be rid of those. Oh, the the very way by which you interact with the world requires you to interpret sensory inputs yeah. around you and then express backward. By what we have fully described as yeah. fantasy, I completely yeah. agree with you. It is you cannot get rid of it, and you do it very very frequently, many times just not realizing that you are doing that. Uh, you doing fantasy, being fantasy. Hi, I am fantasy. Dan, you got me. Hi, I'm <laughs> fantasy. I said it for a reason. <laughs> I said it for a reason. Uh, all right, l- listener, you are also fantasy. You're also fantasy. We are fantasy together. So as far as, as I said be- before kind of reading that excerpt, how is ever more fantasy? I mean, obviously yeah. we have fantastical elements. We have things that are known to Tolkien readers and and different things of the elves, the goblins, the the dwarves, whatever. But how is it fantasy in and of itself? Man, that is a like with with with, with everything that we have discussed, it is it it is a hard thing to uh, piece together all in one box. However, I I would just say that Evermore, just like we we, we talked about up top the American dream, that Evermore is myth unto itself. Um, That using that earlier definition of myth, that it is is a foundation that is built upon pure fantasy. Everything, Everything that is done there is to express fantasy. The buildings are there to express fantasy. The actors are there to teach you fantasy and to help you engage with it more deeply and therein you are allowed to purely embody in every way in every facet fantasy which is a lot of word uh, uses of the word fantasy i understand i know if i if i had written that down uh, a per, like a professor would would mark it down say be less wordy but that is that is just the the, the case of it in in my opinion 
I mean, the word fantasy has just become just even through reading this small excerpt and our small discussion, obviously it can go much larger, but fantasy is a very evolving word. It can take on many different meanings, uh, which is why words are cool and simultaneously frustrating. Um, But I, I really do believe that Evermore has a, a special special place in fantasy i I think it is a very special place in uh the human experience which is to fantasy yes um and i have i have some little things here uh written about it that 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 i would say um fantasy historically has had in my estimate like one chief weakness and that it tells the tales of the heroism yet you are you are not fully embodying that. You are you are fantasizing yourself in that place, or you're pulling the lessons from that and, and applying it into your own life. But you are still in, in that way, one step removed, as you are unable to engage with it on literally all sensory levels. A kind of odd thing. You engage with it uh, with the knowledge that what is yet to come is unsure and relies upon your own action to bring it into the primary reality. Uh, if you look at some uh, various mediums wherein fantasy is common, um, just in terms of the use of fantasy in uh, modern media, the things that we consume that are quote unquote fantasy, role playing games, video games, books, films, they, they they all allow you to step up to the point of being right there next to the hero, but you still have the barrier of uh, the screen, the page, the dice, the pen and paper, whatever it is. You are you are playing the hero, you're envisioning them, but yet there's still this one strange degree of separation. So Evermore is able to step in and change that entirely. As it is this full sensory experience, no part is taken away from the fantasy. And just as a general disclaimer, I would say that as you step into Evermore and you engage deeply with the, the fantasy that is enabled through it, it is, it, it, it is a healthy um mindset to like have that yes this is that this place is teaching me fantasy and though as we have discussed today reality in many ways is fantasy um that uh, engaging with the characters there as though they were in fact solely those characters and not actors portraying those characters is something that there there does need to be a healthy degree of separation and understanding there um just so just a, a thing moving forwards however as as uh, I would state that it facilitates from beginning to end the pure act of creation as all parties involved, you, the actors, people behind the scenes, people on the stage, pull you into a land of fairy story and turn it, as I said earlier, into a primary reality. There is no escapism in Evermore. You are experiencing it as reality, despite it being fantasy. You step in through that portal and it's still real. It's just now clearly fantasy. That's good. That, yeah. That that's that's some good stuff right there. Good to In, Yeah. Good. I just I mean it makes sense why, you know, we've seen some some things in Evermore that sometimes don't go well with escapism, right? Right. Um we've seen full on funerals and death and sadness and extreme emotions and essentially what evermore is saying is you know what these are a part of life we understand that and we do understand that there is definitely 
we don't want to show everything, all the horrors of life, but just as you do in Evermore, you can learn through your experiences and through those around you how to kind of navigate those experiences in a safe and ultimately positive way. We saw the death of of characters of beloved, yet there was acceptance there and there was there was love and kindness in this very morbid, very sad scene. Yet we we can learn from that and apply it to our own lives and have it become something that we can do in everyday life. I, I really enjoy that and actually would love to talk more about these lessons that we can see in Evermore and different things. I I especially love the analogy that you kind of have brought, Dan, with the whole like video games and books and, and movies, how they have that degree of separation. I personally, when I experience kind of any sort of media, I am always hoping to learn something from yeah, it. Yeah. I typically hope that a, a piece of media has a goal. Its goal could be to teach me something or feel an emotion or evoke a certain experience. I, I typically really love thoughtful, thoughtful media and, and stuff that allows me to experience things that I don't experience in my everyday life. And specifically emotions, because I am just never going to be in certain situations to feel what that will be like. And getting getting those books that explain that and, and go through it helped me come a little bit closer. And, and then, as you said, Evermore takes it a step further. I, I have now I can now talk to someone who who has experienced these fantastical things, these these other things that I will never experience that help me understand my own life experience and experience my own life in different ways that were previously not available to me. And there's such a degree and sincerity and and power that comes from having that one-on-one interaction with this character, with this setting of Evermore. It, It truly evokes the mind to believe that you are doing what you're doing and being where you are being. And and we've talked how that can be somewhat a a bit of a a struggle sometimes is getting too absorbed in it. Uh, It is is good to have that healthy degree of separation, especially as we experience things like, you know, Rooster's death and and when Weaver and Kadarin and Faldo, their deaths and, and other horrible things, people getting arrested and those are all things that we do experience in real life. And for me personally, I know other people can feel different ways and and you're totally welcome and valid. I personally like to experience those things in fantasy. I want to experience a death of someone that I love because I, I, I don't want that to happen in my real life. So I would rather experience that in another format yeah, and, and, and have that. And through, and through that, you know, as, as, as Tolkien said earlier, like it is something that sort of takes from that inner reality. And in a way, I would say it, it is preparing you for if or when that happens, right? Like that the, that the fantasy is, is, is preparatory uh, in a lot of ways to, to us understanding the, the, the real phenomena that are happening within us as we, as we encounter these, these bigger things in life hardships and also the the wonderful things fantasy helps us prepare for finding love and finding good friends and maintaining solid relationships and like all all, all of these fantastic things absolutely skylar 100 percent. 
Yeah, I, 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 I just sincerely love that, especially because it gives me opportunities like that. I, I have had loved ones die, uh, uh, people that I care about who, who have passed on, and, and I appreciate opportunities like Evermore to even experience how to socialize better. As, as I've said before, I'm a very shy person. So having Evermore as a, as a place to practice my socialization and, and interact with different characters on that deep emotional level, and then also having the ability to have experienced, oh, this person was very, this, this character was very disgruntled because of something that happened. I have now had an experience and can take a, you know, kind of a degree of separation backwards to analyze this fantasy experience that I've just had to be like, oh, I've never really dealt with someone who's disgruntled like this. So if I go back out now into my real life and I meet someone who's disgruntled, I will have a, a, a slightly better approach into how to handle them and realize, oh, they're probably going through all this stuff and, and maybe I can help or I don't know. Yeah. I'm just kind of like rambling at this yeah, point. Hey, and, like, and, 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 that, and that's and honestly, in a way that was one of my my deepest desires for this episode is because at, at really, really what I want this this episode to be able to do is, is for people to ask, uh, ask themselves what. What role has fantasy played in their lives and what role is it playing in their lives without them even realizing it? And then stepping forward into Evermore to as a sort of expression to Evermore that like one, we, we recognize it for what it is, for what it is doing. And then as well, just as a sort of call out to Evermore to say, you are, you are by your very existence taking on the highest calling of of mankind to create pure fantasy and to invite people to truly experience it potentially for some for the first time and i think that is a really curious thing um so to the actors and to the minds behind the scenes please fantasy please fantasy for us and you are fantasy and you are going to be fantasy for many generations to come, we hope. So in conclusion, um, I would just like to say, since the beginning of myth, we have tried to put ourselves into it. Mankind has come close time and time again, but it eluded us with the same frequency with which we chased it. Evermore changed that. With Evermore, we finally get to experience what that is like to hold on to myth, to step beyond the portal. But we aren't trying to step beyond reality. We merely step into a primary reality where fantasy is the obvious breath of life. This is the first time that I am aware of that we are invited into a reality where the fairies finally tell their own story. Thank you for listening. Certainly, certainly thank you for joining us today and getting some some pretty deep philosophical discussion, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd say so. Uh, we do really try to cover a lot of topics, and, and so thank you, Evermore, and, and thank you for being a part of our journey. As we wrap up here, we actually have a lot of announcements, so I'll try to hurry through them very quickly. All of the things that I mentioned will have links down in the description below, so head there to find out about which specific ones you would like. The first announcement is that Chandler has been putting a ton of work into our new website, worldtalkers.com. If you head there, you'll find some wonderful things such as articles like one that I have written 
about how Evermore Park compares to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, as well as a wonderful feature that allows you to search a character by name and pull up all of the pictures that have been taken of them, as well as all of our normal podcasting info there. As Evermore Park begins to open back up, they've actually provided us with a a lot of ways to interact and help them out during these wild times. One of those things is called Zen with Zodi. This is an early morning meditation class that takes place in Evermore Park, or you can stream in when they do it as well. Uh, They happen Saturdays mornings, and if you would like to get in on that, be sure to email info at evermore.com. One of the next things that Evermore has released is the final chapters of their first novella, Coins of the Revenant. Uh, They are a pretty great read and highly recommend those so that we can hopefully see a lot more novellas and hopefully someday full-blown novels. Another one of the things, if you're looking to help support Evermore as well as get an awesome one-of-a-kind souvenir, head to the Evermore community page. They are currently holding an auction. However, you got to be quick because that does end Thursday, May 28th. Uh, And then, of course, the next two biggest announcement that we have is that Evermore's new season, Pyra, opens on June 6th. We are so excited to be getting back into the park and being able to experience that. Along with that announcement is the Masquerade has been announced for a new date of June 20th. We are so excited to be able to share all these things with you and to be able to go back into the park. It's it's exciting. Um, and with that, uh, we hope that you stay caught up on all of the exciting things that Evermore has in store. Please make sure to follow Evermore at their website, evermore.com, as well as on their Facebook and Instagram with their handle at Evermore Park. For more stuff from us, please feel free to check us out on Facebook and Instagram with our handle at World Talkers. Call in and leave us a message at 801-332-9321 or email us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your thoughts and feelings about fantasy. When did it begin for you? Why do you love it? How do you engage with it? And what are you going to do to fantasy? However you are listening to us, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or otherwise, take a moment to share us with those that you think would enjoy this conversation as well as Evermore Park. And feel free to leave us a review wherever you are listening as well. A special thanks to our amazing executive producer, Aileen, and to all of our Patreon givers during this time. It, it means the world to us that you continue to support us, uh, especially in these uh, tough times. And whenever the next chance it is that you are going to be able to step in and see Evermore, learn the story, live the story, and fantasy with us. Beyond the Portal. Beyond the Portal.